This is an extremely important episode for me because in it, I interview my dad. He is one of my best friends and he has the best sense of humor. I spent my whole life just laughing out loud always. Because English isn't his first language, we share in that oftentimes how we want to articulate something doesn't come out exactly how we want it to. For both of us, it takes a little bit longer to communicate, and it's not always the smoothest of conversations. In our interview, we talk about how my dad felt about my stutter and what it was like moving to a country where he didn't speak the language and what he's learned from listening to all episodes of Proud Stutter. We also talk about an Israeli reality star who stutters. I left the conversation thinking about connecting and expression of feelings. There are so many times when I want to express myself in certain situations and how it comes out of my mouth is not quite what I had in my head to begin with. It makes life tricky, but also very interesting. Here's the interview with my dad, also known as Abba. I'm Maya Chupkov, and I'm a woman who stutters. Welcome to Proud Stutter, a show about stuttering and embracing verbal diversity in an effort to change how we talk about it, one conversation at a time. So my dad was born in Israel, and then he moved here and met my mom, and they both started a life here in Los Angeles. And so, Abba, can you just a little bit give a background on who you are and what it was like for you living in California? Okay, I I came to California, Los Angeles, because I have some friend here already. I never thought I'm going to stay here for this long. You know, I just thought, okay, maybe a few years and, you know, maybe make some money and go back to Israel. You know, it took me many years just to get comfortable here. And first, I, I didn't speak the language and it was kind of a three years of a culture shock. And I went to school to learn English and watch TV. Slowly, slowly, I got more confidence and... Uh, it's kind of starting a life from, from zero, kind of. I came here, I didn't have anything. And slowly, slowly, I kind of, you know, like it more and more. Even though some years I said maybe I should go back, you know, before I met my wife. Now it's feel like my home, even though I still miss my family in Israel and I go visit them quite often. When you first moved to this country, how was communicating with not knowing the language that well like how was your speech in this new environment okay so like i said it was kind of a culture shock you you're really afraid to go to talk you're going to a restaurant you're going to the bank you're going to like a club or something and you really kind of don't have a confidence just to talk to anybody and because I used to have Israeli friend you know we spoke Hebrew between us so i i i was getting by but just to meet American or 
take a job with no, you know, Israel. I used to work with Israeli companies, so I didn't even need to use the English in the first three or five years, between three to five years. But, you know, slowly, slowly, I got my confidence and I start to work for myself and I deal with customer and uh, now it's, you know, it's different. But it took time. It was a, it was for sure like, slowly slowly uh, kind of process do you think not having english be your second language and not knowing it very well do you think it um that there was a lot of things you felt you couldn't participate in or that you had missed out on it, it might be but i think i got kind of friend and uh, you know i got my uh, confidence with what I'm doing I, I start my uh, job and everything and you know I, I think I did pretty good so it's kind of gave me I didn't because I have Israeli friend and support system a little bit here so it didn't look like it was you know too much struggle it was kind of after the first few years it was kind of got easier and uh, I, I didn't feel that I am different anymore. So I asked mom this question, but I wanted to ask you and really, because I, I know mom had, she was very hands-on when it came to my stutter and trying to find help for me. But in your perspective, like when did you first notice that I had a speech difference and what did you feel about it? Okay, to tell you the truth, I don't remember knowing like knowing too much about it. It's like I never think it's this thing stopping you for doing anything. I, I, I didn't really, we never talked about it. And it's looked to me that it's uh, something that, you know, maybe less you talk, the better it is. And I, it didn't look to me that it's stopping you for whatever you're doing. So I, I didn't look at that like a big issue and I, I didn't thought it's something that's going to stop you from doing what you want. And as I was going through school, um, you, it just didn't seem like it was a big issue, like at all, even when I was getting older. I never felt that you're any different from other kids and... I felt like you did the sport, you did the good student, you did everything, and it was never kind of... You came to me and told me, Abba, I'm struggling because I'm stuttering or anything. So when I started the podcast, when I when it really started to get going and um, I started to be more open about my stutter, was there anything about that that surprised you or anything you've learned about stuttering since I launched the podcast? I think from all your uh, podcasts, I learn people everywhere that, you know, struggling with the stutter and different level of it and a lot of uh, interesting story I heard along the way. And is there a moment when you were listening to the podcast where it made you think of a memory that you had with me and my stuttering kind of did 
show up? Like, is there anything that comes to mind around that? When I like hear you, uh, when you do the podcast and you reach so many people and people appreciate what you're doing and you give them the platform to tell the story and you reach people even all over the world. It's, uh, I feel proud that you're doing that and I feel like you found a good, good uh, subject that it's really kind of important to you and you even you was kind of surprised how much love and support you got from all of that for like what advice would you give other parents out there specifically like fathers of children who who stutter just based on the conversations we've had and um just going through parenthood with someone that has like a difference okay so i think the most important thing is to be open about it and to support the kid to let them know that they are not the only one and what come to my mind is the story that you talk with one teenager that his mother took him to a seminar or something about speech thing and he said that this thing even though he didn't know what is going whatever the mother said, you're staying here, and he said, this thing changes life. So it's something like, you know, if you have an open mind and you meet other people and you acknowledge it and you, you know, work on it and you don't feel ashamed, I think if you get the right help, it's really like from that boy, teenager that you put on your podcast, I learned it was a very, very strong subject that really show you that you know, sometimes you feel like the parents do something and you don't think it's going to help you, but sometimes it can be the right thing. So just be open mind and uh, be open about it. And uh, give give the support that you are not alone. You know, it's not just you, it's other people. So if you meet other people that start there and you talk about it and stuff, I think it can make a big difference. You've listened to a lot of Proud Stutter episodes. I think you've listened to all of them. Is there, as someone who doesn't stutter, but with a very close connection with someone that does stutter, is there a topic that you've been curious about that you haven't heard yet? Or is there something that you'd like us to cover in the future? Yeah, I, I think from what... What we see like on the news, like people that feel different can act very unproductive, like people uh, that get bullied or something because they study. So I think it's very important to apply to school for kids that study to give them more support. I think one of your episodes talk about a teacher that reached out to kids that study and they, 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 they didn't tell they started, they hide it. But when he approached them, slowly, slowly, more kids came out. And then he found out, okay, it's two, it's four. And when he gave them the support, he made a big difference of their life. So I think it should be more like open in school. And, uh, you know, the teacher get more education about that, even if though they're teaching a regular class, but they have a couple of students that start there just to know how to approach them. I think that's going to be maybe going to be something that you aim to cover more. So from a young age, even in a middle school or whatever, even in first school, you know, just to, to be more aware of this. You told me about a story about 
a reality star in Israel with the stutter recently. Can you talk more about that story with us? Okay, so in in Israel, they have the same show we have here in America, like uh, Big Brother, uh, Survival, and uh, even... Uh, yeah, so, but in the Big Brother, it's showing the most, because in Israel, you have a channel that you see those people 24-7. Like, every time you open the TV, you see what happened in the house. I, I think it's even more extreme than America. And in the first few years, people... Wherever you went, you saw the scream. Even people went to work, the scream was open with the Big Brother show. And it's 24-7, you saw what they, they're doing in there. So it was like first three years, everybody was tuning in. Now, after a few years, it went down. But so in Israel, they have a way, it's very similar to here, but they take people from all walks of life. They take, you know, uh, from all like a uh, kind of, Ashkenazi, Sephardic, even Arab. They put Israeli Arab in there. In one point, when uh, my sister heard that my daughter doing the podcast about stuttering, she it's exactly that year or year before they have on the Big Brother show they have one guy that was a stutter and they put him on the show, and uh, he was, you know, the audience loved him and he he, he went pretty far. People really ex- accept it on the show, and it's open the eyes of everybody about the that people that study there, you know, and stuff. So I think it was a good uh, way to show people that even that when people study there, they can uh, also be normal and do whatever they want. I think uh, now even more and more they put people that study there in the movies. I think it's uh, more awareness now than for sure many like 20 years ago. Yeah, I I really like that story. And I was trying to find articles of it um, in English, but I couldn't find any articles. Yeah, but I, 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 yeah, I, I sent you something and I think it's a way in when I send you a link, I think you can do translate or something. Yeah, I can translate it, but no American news outlet covered it. Yeah, it's not uh, big enough. It's not big enough to this. But you don't think here in Big Brother show they ever put uh, people with disability or something? I can only think of a few examples. One of them is The Bachelor. There was a contestant, Abigail, and she was the first deaf contestant on the show. So I think that did a lot to spread awareness about that particular disability. There's also a few shows on Netflix. Um, One of them is Love on the Spectrum. So yeah, there, there are a few examples and I'm sure there's a ton more. But I think, yeah, there's still a long way to go when it comes to representation on TV and, and film. But now you have the platform to give people a way to do it more freely and less afraid. You know, they know that you study there. You give them a place to talk. So they come out. All of those people that you interview, they, they, it's helping you and it's helping them. Is there anything else you want to, that we haven't covered that you think we should end on? Yeah, I just... I just feel like I'm very proud at what you're doing, and I feel like the I think I enjoying uh, watching all your uh, podcasts, and I think every time it's become more and more professional. Like every time, I think you learn, and 
apply, keep uh, reaching people one person at a time and you're gonna reach everybody. that's it for this episode of Proud Stutter. This episode of Proud Stutter was produced and edited by me, Maya Chupkov. Our music was composed by Augusto Denise and our artwork by Mara Ezekiel and Noah Chupkov. If you have an idea or want to be part of a future episode, visit us at www.proudstutter.com. And if you like the show, you can leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Want to leave us a voicemail? Check out our show notes for the the number to call in. More importantly, tell your friends to listen too. Until we meet again, thanks for listening. Be proud and be you. Be you.